While it is a stretch to say Biden has done anything at all when he is in fact being held together by his puppet masters, who are pulling the strings and whispering into his earpiece, it is now official. After much speculation, Joe Biden has picked Kamala Harris as his running mate. Kamala being tapped as Biden's VP pick shows that the Democratic establishment has no principles whatsoever. The party claims to stand for progressivism, for racial justice, for the poor, for the oppressed, for victims of an unjust criminal legal system. Rather than pick literally anyone else who has demonstrated a commitment to those causes, they have picked as their vice presidential candidate a woman who has spent her entire political career doing everything in her power to fight against those causes. At this point, the Democrats cannot pretend to fight for the causes they claim to care about. Rather than demonstrate a commitment to any cause, to any kind of moral calling, the Democrats seem to care only about identity politics and exploiting it to defeat Donald Trump. Kamala was chosen simply because she is an African American, or at least identifies as one. Her father's from Jamaica and her mother is from India, and I guess that's good enough for the identitarian left. Putting this all aside, if any of the Black Lives Matter narrative is valid, then Biden's pick of Harris as his VP is the biggest repudiation of Black Lives Mattering. Why? Because Harris has spent her entire career putting blacks in jail. First as district attorney for San Francisco from 2004 to 2011, and then as attorney general for California from 2011 to 2017. If you don't remember her record being called into question, this clip might refresh your memory. Now, Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash you, bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. Pretty damning stuff. The Democrats seem all too eager to endorse and wave the banner of Black Lives Matter. If we put aside all this Marxism smuggling that seems to come along with Black Lives Matter, we're left with the Democrats and BLM finding common ground, seemingly, on the issues of supposed over-policing and over-incarceration. From that perspective, isn't Harris the worst possible pick? Hell, one would think that no matter how someone acted as a prosecutor, no matter how leniently they behaved, the optics of embracing a prosecutor would be too much to overcome. But Harris is even worse than that. She has a long track record of pushing for harsh sentences for small crimes and then laughing about it. In 2015, when called upon by the Legislative Black Caucus to support bills that would have mandated that all police officers wear body cams and that the Attorney General's office investigate lethal officer-involved shootings, she declined. She championed a law that went after the parents of chronically truant children, laughed when asked if marijuana should be legal, and supported a system that locks up people who are too poor to post exorbitant money bail. People are literally out in the streets as we speak, supposedly protesting the kind of policies and practices that she pushed for as part and parcel of a system of mass incarceration that has supposedly deeply harmed poor and black people. There are many progressives who understand what's going on here and how they once again have been shortchanged by the Democratic establishment. They are under no illusions and fully acknowledge that the Biden-Harris ticket will be anything but progressive. 
Cenk Uger of the Young Turks tweeted out that he looks forward to helping Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris beat Trump and then leading a primary against whichever one of them runs in 2024. It's inconceivable they will govern as progressives and we're not going to take this for eight years. For now, they're infinitely better than Trump. That last bit seems to be the key. All principles must be suspended because anything is better than Trump. Here's a gem of a guy on Twitter who acknowledges he doesn't like the choice either, but says if Biden's running mate were Hitler, he'd still vote for the ticket if that's what it took to defeat Donald Trump. Now, whatever your criticisms of Donald Trump, however much of an existential threat to the country you think he presents, I do have to wonder who is the bad guy here when you say you'd be okay voting for a man who murdered around 20 million people. Even if you have disdain for Trump, to say that Hitler is better than Trump seems like a mild exaggeration. I can't believe I have to point this out. But okay, okay, obviously this Hitler fanboy is a wacko, not representative of the mainstream view. But the common thread here is the phenomenon of Trump causing his opponents to suspend any manner of principle whatsoever. It's truly a moral wasteland out there for the Trump opponents. Focusing now on the strategic merit of the pick, I'm struggling to see how this was a wise choice. Given her record, Kamala Harris might be a particularly bad lightning rod for criticism. The funny thing about this is that there were all these lefty articles pointing out leading up to this, how the Biden campaign was planting its feet and stalling, missing at least a soft deadline for announcing the VP pick many times, and that they seemed to be casting a ballot for anyone other than Kamala Harris. Like, they were reluctant to have her on board. It seems like no one on the Biden team wanted Kamala. I realize this is a stretch, but Michelle Obama would have been a good pick if he could have gotten her to renege on saying she'd never serve in public office. Kirsten Gillibrand would have been okay. She has her disqualifications, obviously, but at least she's well-spoken and has that kind of clean corporate look. Pete Buttigieg would have been another decent option, but of course, Biden ruled that out by committing to pick a female VP. Now, there's undoubtedly a few classic pieces of campaign history that will now be recirculating, perhaps by the Trump campaign itself. First is Kamala Harris calling Joe Biden a racist to his face on stage on live TV. And I will say also that, that in this campaign, we've also heard, and I'm going to now direct this at Vice President Biden, um, I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful, to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. Technically, what she said was, I'm not saying you're a racist, but that translates roughly to you're a racist. I'm sure Kamala will weasel her way out of this one somehow, and it will certainly be entertaining to watch. The other juicy bit of history is when Kamala decided to voice her opinion on the allegations of sexual assault leveled against Joe Biden. Back in April 2019, Kamala told reporters in reference to the women who accused Biden of inappropriate touching that, quote, I believe them. And I respect them being able to tell their story and having the courage to do it. Whew. What makes the situation particularly troublesome is that a vote for Biden is effectively a vote for Kamala Harris. 
A new poll released by Rasmussen shows that 59% of likely voters don't think Biden would last a full four-year term. Let me repeat that. The poll shows that 59% of likely voters don't think Biden would last a full four-year term in office. These are astonishing numbers. I I was personally shocked. I mean, I knew that there was a growing awareness across the country that Biden's cognitive decline seemed to be accelerating. But I was surprised to see that close to 60% of likely voters think Biden won't be able to finish a term. So that's where we're at. The party that supposedly stands for progressivism, the party that advocates for minorities, for the oppressed, the party that decries the mass incarceration of black people, now has a rich white dude as the presidential nominee and a prosecutor who puts tens of thousands of blacks in prison. Blacks who, ironically and amusingly, were released from prison and had their records expunged due to Trump's second chance bill. But we have a responsibility where we do agree to work together hard. And the freedom of people who are trapped in a broken system, the freedom of people who are trapped in addiction, the freedom of people who are trapped in poverty, those are the people that your opportunity zones are targeted at, your opioid policy is targeted at, and your criminal justice policy is targeted at. And when you're trying to help people on the bottom, sir, I will work with or against any Democrat, with or against any Republican, because there is nothing more important than freedom. So thank you, sir. This goes out to the leftists. I'm not talking to the right-wingers because you'll vote for Trump anyways, but to the leftists, do you really want a President Kamala Harris? Do you really want an overzealous prosecutor who threw tons of people in jail for petty offenses and in a way that disproportionately affected blacks? I know that you don't, and you need to put aside your disdain for Trump for one minute and stop pretending that Kamala Harris was a wise choice, or worse, that she is some kind of progressive of any kind, because this ain't it.